the Brooklyn Nets clinch a playoff first. And Chicago, they go into Brooklyn and get the win by 699-93. Miami sends Brooklyn home. Jason Kidd and the Brooklyn Nets. Their season is over. But will advance in six games against Brooklyn. A disappointing ending to an up and down season. A return to relevance for the Brooklyn Nets. But the season comes to an end tonight in Philadelphia. He's over. The Toronto Raptors have posted their first ever playoff series sweep as they eliminate the Brooklyn Nets, a team depleted by injuries. Definitely toe on the line. And the Bucks with the 115-111 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. And a sweep. Boston, four in a row. No question about it, I am ready to get hurt again. Time and time again, it's like I open myself up to just get hurt. It's like I start with some optimism, but you know that it's going to end this way just about every year. But I will tell you that last night, watching Ben Simmons against the Bucks, I felt like a little optimism just start creeping in. And then I figured, why not get probably the most optimistic person I know on Nets yeah. Twitter on as a guest? So welcome, Poppy Solo from Twitter, Nets Twitter. Thank you for yes, joining sir. me today, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. That intro was heartbreaking. I'm not going to lie. I was not ready for all that. But, you know, it just makes me feel like hopefully you have a, um, a different clip to add to that after this season, man, with how, I mean, how, with how last night looked. That, that is the hope. But last night, last night, I think everybody kind of knows what to expect when it comes to Kyrie and KD, right? You know what you're going to get with those two. I think the biggest question mark is Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. You feel like Ben Simmons is going to be what makes or breaks this season. And the first two games, you were like, okay, it looks okay, but it's not where we want it to be. But last night, he was cooking. I, I don't know if you got to watch the game live, but when I was watching that game, it was I, I was getting excited. I can't help it. Yeah, I watched every second until the starters got subbed out, and that's the Ben we all wanted. You know, some people think that we want a new and improved Ben Simmons that shoots threes, but all we need him to do is play make and play defense, and he did both of those at a very high level. For the first two games, people were saying he needs to get, you know, his conditioning right, and he needs to get back out there again. I kind of felt that was a little uh, bit of excuse territory, but after last night, I think people were right. Maybe he was just a little rusty, didn't play in 450-plus days. And, I mean, what he doing that against Giannis, to me, is the ultra is, is the is the, is the the measuring stick that I want to see. And he really checked off all the boxes for me, bro. Well, I think one thing that – and I know it, it, it gets overlooked because it, it wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. But him hitting that one free throw shot – to yeah. me, was the most satisfying thing of the night. Yeah. I know it was one for four. I know that's 25%. I know that's still atrocious. But to me, seeing that ball within it, I was like, you know what? Maybe he will improve. All I'm asking yeah. for is 65%. Give me 65% free throw shooting, and I'm good. I mean, what else do you need from him that he's, he's going to get to the rim? He's yeah. going to find all the cutters. And everybody's sagging off of him. And the way they were doing the dribble handoffs, beautiful. you know what? That might work. Maybe it will get some people to respect that. Yeah, I I hope so. You know, of course, if you follow me on Twitter, Poppy Solo tweets. You know that I have some uh, reservations about Nick Claxton and Ben on the court together. 
But against someone like Giannis, I think that is the ultimate wall to have. And it looked like that yesterday. The defense to me was uh, amazing. Assists from everybody on the court. Nick Claxton damn near played like he's the third best player almost. You know, he he, he, uh, scoring points, getting rebounds. That's another thing. The rebounding looks so much better, but I attribute that to team rebounding. There's not one guy who's going to get 15 boards. We don't have an Andre Drummond, but I think Kyrie had seven rebounds himself. So I think the team well, rebounding and the effort is amazing. I think Kyrie's a little underrated when it comes to going for the ball, when it comes to rebounding. He, he comes and he gets that ball. And when it comes to Ben Simmons, I, you and I were going back and forth. I don't know if you remember a couple months ago about Ben Simmons running at the five. You were yes. completely against it. Now, it's not that I want him to play the five. Mm-hmm. I think it's more, I just don't want to see him on the court with Nick Claxton. Yeah. Now, what do you think about them playing together? Because it all indications are they're going to start the season together on the floor. And I'm not necessarily a fan of it. Last night, some people were like, you see, it can work. I don't yeah. know if that's the case. Maybe last night was okay. But can you really run them out starting five all year long? I'm I'm terrified of it, bro. A lot of people are trying to use yesterday like a slam dunk. Like, see, it's going to be perfect. And I think it will work against players like Giannis. It might even work against players like Joel. But I feel like night in and night out, and especially in a playoff kind of scenario where coaches have time to plan against you, it's going to be tough to win with two players who can't shoot. And let's be frank, are terrible free throw shooters as well. So I uh, kind of switched my opinion on Ben running the five. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, he tried to run it a little bit against Miami and got a little bullied by Bam. But yeah. I feel like in certain scenarios, I think Ben running the five is fine. And I think this is going to be a team where we could see different lineups depending on who we play. So there, there might not be just that that permanent starting five from us. And like you were saying, in the playoffs, it's a whole nother beast. Because I guess in the regular season, you can kind of just run and gun and just yep. rely on the transition. Because in transition, having Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons running up and down the court, I mean, that that's something that that's going to be hard to stop. But when it comes to, to playoffs – you feel like the game becomes more a half-court offenses. And w- once you get into the half- half-court offense, it's kind of scary imagining Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton both clogging up the paint there. I, I'm, I, I feel like as much as I like Royce O'Neal and I want him to be in the starting lineup to an extent, mm-hmm. you need to have Joe Harris in there. And I don't know if Royce O'Neal is going to be able to crack that starting five with Joe Harris because you need a, a, a sharp shooter in there with everybody in. You do, but Royce has looked like a sharpshooter so far, man. He's been hitting the shots we need him to hit. And, you know, unlike Joe Harris, he's not being targeted on defense. I've seen him even drop to the paint with Giannis a couple times, and that's something Joe Harris could never do. And I I know Joe Harris is shooting – is a very rare skill, you know, almost shooting 50% from the field. I love that, but – Something about Royce O'Neal, he just looks like he he's bought into the system. He's not hesitating to shoot. But I, I get it. With Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons out there, it might not even be half court. It might be quarter court with how much space they cut off by just <laughs> sitting in the paint. So it's super tough. I'm pro Royce O'Neal as well. I want him starting. But, but you're right. With Nick and Ben on the court, you need three elite, elite, elite shooters because that's going to be a tough – you know, offense to run in a playoff situation. No, and I'm and I'm 
I was really enjoying watching Ben Simmons running the offense once KD and Kyrie both came out. When Steve Nash first took over the team that KD and Kyrie were first, uh, were playing together for the first time, I remember I was getting really annoyed because it was when we still had Levert and Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like as soon as he would sub out one, he would sub out the other. Yeah. And they would both come in together. And it made no sense to me. Yeah. It's like you got to have one of those two on the court at the same time always. But I'm not hating if he goes back to that with Ben Simmons running out there with Patty, Seth, and maybe Joe Harris. I understand that maybe defensive liability, but him on the court with those sharpshooters all around, I'm not hating it. Maybe Royce O'Neal out there also, small lineup, but Ben Simmons could find some buckets when he's up in the paint by himself. A hundred percent, man. He's the type of player that when he's aggressive, he just keeps the defense on their toes at all times. And that, that's exhausting as a defender. So it's it's great that, you know, I do I do want to see us stagger Katie and Kyrie still, even with Ben Simmons on the team. But, you know, if they do need the rest, having somebody like Ben out there that can find players, find players wide open, get to the basket, and best of all, guard the opponent's best player. Because for the last couple of years, KD has had to take that role and guard the opponent's best player. Yep. That's not something you mm-hmm. want your best offensive player to do night in and night out. It's a no, risk for disaster. Not. And now we have Ben Simmons, who we saw clamp arguably the best player in the league to some. So it's just super uh, enlightening. And it's just, it feels like there's life uh, in the Nets community once again, because it's been a, a long summer for all of us, man. So seeing Ben finally get confident and be himself, I think this is only the beginning personally. I think he has a lot more to unlock. And I think that floater he had was a little glimpse of his offensive bag that a lot of people are sleeping on. Now, I, I had a quick question for you because you have uh, – you, much like me, mm-hmm. are begging for the team to get another LaMarcus Aldridge, <laughs> for example, right? A stretch five. Yeah. Now, Nets Twitter seems to be absolutely in love with De'Ron Sharp. Yeah. I'm a, De'Ron Sharp's okay, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's the answer at backup, at backup center. What do you think of De'Ron Sharp? Are you happy with De'Ron Sharp as our backup center? Because personally, as much as I enjoy seeing him out there – I don't think he's the answer. Um, it's tough because I do love Daron, and after Game One, he looked a little uh, frazzled, maybe nerved for the season. But I really liked him against the Bucks. He played a good backup role, played I think north of twenty minutes or maybe fifteen minutes or so, and he he looked solid. Now, as a backup for a championship team, it's tough. And if we had to put him in a trade package for Stretch Five, I'd be a hundred percent for it. But as our roster is built now, I mean, we don't have much of a choice but for Dayron to be our, our backup because our front court is so thin. Uh, I do like Markeith Morris as well, but I noticed against the Bucks, Dayron played more minutes than Markeith in it. Maybe it, it could be because of age and maybe fresh legs, or the Nets like Dayron a little more. Do you see Markeith Morris having a key role on this team though? Because when we picked them up, I said, okay, that's cute, yeah. but I can't imagine him getting heavy minutes with us, like. When he was on the Heat last year, I mean, I know he missed half the le- uh, half the year last year when he got, yeah. you know, clocked by by Jokic from the back. <laughs> but I know that that had a lot to do with it. But he didn't really do much for the Heat other than that. I can't imagine him having a big role here. Uh, I mean, with how our roster is built now and our front court being so thin, I don't see why not. And the way he's shooting the ball right now, he's hitting his threes, he's hitting middies. He's the type of player that you need on the court when you have someone like Ben Simmons on there. So I do think. 
there's always room for a, a stretch big, and he seems to be one of our only ones. And uh, unless we make some changes, you know, between now and the trade deadline, I think we damn near have to play Marquise Morris because uh, Dayron is great, great rebounder, great hustle guy, but he's not a guy I want out there next to Ben Simmons. He's not a guy that I can rely on offensively. And Marquise Morris seems to be at the right place at the right time hitting his shots. And he might not be uh, on paper the guy we want, but if he's making the plays, then I'm giving him minutes every time. But I think that's why I'm so frustrated with Steve Nash and the Nets in general because I feel yeah. like we had two stretch five. We had Blake Griffin, which is, isn't necessarily stretch five, but I was happy with him with his hustle, his defense, and his and his three point. He, I mean, what, what affected him last year is that he started so slow. He couldn't hit a three for his life. Barely. But he started getting a rolling right. He started getting a rolling towards the end of the season, and he didn't get any minutes anymore. And Lamarcus Aldridge, I know on defense he's a he plays like he's wearing Tim's, but <laughs> he he could hit a shot. I mean, he was balling in the beginning of the season, also. But because we didn't give him any minutes, no way we're gonna get, bring him back. So yeah. now we're left with absolutely no stretch five. And I think one of those two players would have been perfect for this team right now. Yeah, me too. I, I tweeted about wanting LaMarcus Aldridge over Markeith Morris, actually. And a lot yes. of people came at my neck. But, you know, <laughs> the, a, a player that can shoot like him is just very valuable. And you're, you're right. He does play like he's wearing Tim's and walking in the mud. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's not what we need him for. But I'm just going to be honest. You know, I was anti-Markeith Morris when he first got him. But he is hitting his shots. And he's shooting middies like, like LaMarcus Aldridge. I know it's preseason. And some players go from being on fire in the preseason to ice cold when the season starts. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I love his attitude. And I love how aggressive he is. And he doesn't get absolutely killed on the switch like Lamarcus Aldridge would be. And Blake Griffin, I get it. But you're being a little revisionist. That His, his stretch was the coldest stretch. That yeah, I no, no. It was horrible. No, it was no for sure. You can't call him a stretch after that stretch. It was, it was the bad. And... I also think him not signing here was a little bit more than basketball reasons. It seems like he does not like us with the way he's been, you know, commenting on us and the coaching and all that stuff. So I think it might just be a, not a good fit personality-wise either. I, mean, I used to love Blake. And Me too. last year, he, start, he was the starting center for the majority of the first month or so. But like you said, it was a horrible stretch of basketball that he played. <laughs> But when he started getting it rolling again, he would get on the court and he would hit some shots, but they would, he would. not play him again for a couple more games. I remember there was a, Bruce Brown went on, I think it was like Instagram Live or something. And um, and Bruce Brown's like, you know, I got, I got my off-season workout going. And, and Blake Griffin responded like, yeah, I've been doing my off-season workout since March because he just never got on the court. And I, as soon as he said that, I was like, okay, he's not coming back. He was frustrated and I get it now. Do you think he was clashing with the KD in them? I, maybe, maybe. I also think that the circus that was the Nets last year, whether it be at their fault or not with the whole vaccine and James yeah, Harden and everything, I think veteran players were just annoyed at the whole situation, KD yeah. included. Because when yeah. you're going for a championship this late into your career, you're not trying to put up with any of that bullshit. Yeah, I agree. And But at the same time, 
I'm not trying to put up with another Blake Griffin cold stretch. Like, I just can't handle that shit. His his shots sound like, bro, they were the loudest bricks in the stadium. <laughs> they were Man. terrible. But, but uh, I, I, I get it. And I, 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 I don't kid. mind that noise when I can get the noise of his back hitting the floor when he takes those charges, though. Yeah. Those overrated charges. Nah, man. come on, man. That those those were game changers. Game. I used to love those, man. The blue collar boys, man. It it, it was it, it was definitely game changers, definitely momentum shifters. But we, we need a player. And Markeith Morris on paper isn't a sniper. Like he shoots below the league average from three. But I feel like Blake Griffin is a is a shooter who didn't start shooting until late in his career. So sometimes it looks like he's still trying to get a rhythm. So I I'd you. rather get a player that has been shooting his entire career, regardless if it's a, you know, low 30%, mid 30%. And I just like Markeith Morris's attitude a little bit more. He just seems like a dude. Him and Royce just seems like dudes that will go out there and die on the court with KD. And that's what we need, like-minded individuals. Maybe it's definitely a bias. I've just always hated those two brothers. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know which is which, honestly. Like, I know Markeith – Played with the Heat last year, but I don't know where he played before that because I get them confused. So I don't know which is which, but I don't know. It's definitely a bias. I, I'll, I'll admit. Maybe I'll end up loving him in a couple weeks. Yeah, if KD likes him, I love him, man. That's my philosophy. For sure. Hey, look, <laughs> hey, at the beginning of last year, I was like, who the hell is DeAndre Bembry? And <laughs> and then come December, I'm like, this guy's my favorite player. I love this guy. So, right. I mean, I guess that's just how it goes. Now, I had a, this is like a debate going. Mm hmm. Who would you choose to give minutes to, Yuta or Kess? Yeah, I saw this debate in Twitter Spaces t today, tonight, uh -huh. and I'm with the rest. Of, I'm with everybody else. Yuta is balling, bro, absolutely yeah. balling, hustling, rebounding, hitting his threes. Kess still looks like he's he's nervous out there. Uh, even after getting a standard contract, you would think he would come out hooping, but. He's still, you know, the sophomore slump might be might be uh, hitting him. But Yuta looks like he really, really wants the minutes. And hey, man, it's a wings league. Yuta has that length, he, and, and he's uh, has great lateral quickness for his his height as well. So he's not getting killed by smaller guards. I think Yuta is the clear cut answer, man. What about you? Uh, when I was watching, because look, I, when we first signed him, I didn't know too much about Yuta, yeah. and I went back, I looked at some of his highlights, and I was like, okay. Doesn't look too bad, but I, I gotta admit, like, I was underwhelmed. Like, I, I get that everybody's hyped about the way he's playing in preseason. Maybe it's because I find comfort in what I already know, mm -hmm. and I know I know what Kess brought last year: his yeah. defense, his three points. Like, I don't think Yuta can shoot the ball consistently like Kess was last year. I was happy with Kess, and it was his rookie year. I think he could only grow from that. Now I understand that everybody talks about soft, sophomore slumps and whatnot. Yeah, but I, I'd still stick with Kess. But again, I'm a creature of habit. If, like, yeah. like I said, I would keep Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge on here if I could still. So <laughs> you could tell, like, I'm a creature of habit. So I, I would still stick with Kess. But, again, I know that the overwhelming majority of Nets Twitter is on the Utah bandwagon. Yeah, so, again, hopefully are. I'm wrong on this one also. But, I mean, I, I like Kess, and I'd like to see Kess to get those minutes. I'm not anti-Kess, and I'm a type of guy where I want to feed that hot hand. If we go with Utah and he gets cold, I will immediately – uh, give Kess more minutes and, and vice versa. So I'm not really married to the name or anything like that. I want the players who are playing the best. And as soon as I saw Royce play damn near his first game, 
I wanted to give him Joe Harris's minutes immediately. Oh, but I, I've, I've been thinking that since the summertime. Once I saw Royce, I, I know I, uh, I'm i friends with this guy that lives out in Utah. So he's a big Utah yeah. Jazz fan. As soon as we got him, I was like, yo, give me the give me the info. How's this guy? He's like, you know what? Great 3 and D guy. You're going to love him. You know, just bad situation from him. They're about to blow it up in Utah. Okay, cool. So I was on board. You can give me a good defender that can hit threes. I'm all for it. I wanted Bruce Brown to stay again. Yeah. I, I love my guys, obviously. I want oh, him to stay. I, I think I think what we get from Royce O'Neal might be similar to what we got from Bruce, maybe minus the 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 hustle rebounds, because I, I, I don't remember any small guy rebounding the way Bruce did or going after Man. the ball. But I think Royce can provide some of that, that defense. Bruce started hitting that three down uh, late last year. I think Royce is doing that. So I'm all for Royce. And back to the whole Yuta and Kesting, I think neither one of them are going to start getting minutes once TJ Warren comes back. You think so? I, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Bro. Yeah, man. I, I think TJ Warren's going to be that guy off the bench that everybody's just like, oh, we, we need a spark. Bring on TJ Warren. Yeah, but I think Kesting Yuta's role right now isn't even a spark. They're more of crash oh. the boards, hit open threes because you're going to be open with Katie, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons out there. You're going to be open. And but how 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 large do you think the rotation is going to be though? Uh, during the season, that shit yeah. might go into ten players, 10, 11 players, just just for them to figure out who to play in the in the playoffs. Even then, though, like think about it. We got Katie, Kyrie, Ben, right? Obvious. Yeah. Nick Claxton mm -hmm. and Joe Harris. Then you got uh, Royce, Royce, Seth, Patty. I think Patty got, got man out. <laughs> no way, man! No way! No way is, is Patty out. out. You got you got Patty. You got Dayron, which is the backup center. Then you got T.J. Warren. You got Yuta. You got Kess. Like somebody's gonna be left out. I can't imagine being it being Patty. It's gonna be Patty, sadly, man. Especially when we play bigger teams like. The Celtics and the Bucks. There's just no role for Patty that other players haven't showed that they can do the same thing. Now look, when Patty gets hot, he's damn near the, one of the best shooters on the team. But if he's not extremely hot from three, he's not really useful on the court. He can't play defense. He's not really scrappy. Uh, uh, off, off, uh, shooters don't even see him when he can he can test them. So I just feel like with the uh, matchups. Yuta, even Cass, TJ Warren, all these players have more of an impact. Seth is the, the one closest to Patty, and there's no way that I'm giving any of Seth's minutes to Patty at all. I want Seth in there as much as possible. Well, actually, I was having a debate with somebody, and I'm kind of curious as to what you think. Mm -hmm. He said, if we had to trade one away, which one would you trade? Joe Harris or Seth Curry? <laughs> Now, uh, it's tough because they're both battling injuries, so I can't use that against either one of them. But mm -hmm. I'm trading Joe. Well, I mean, if one of the injuries worried me a little more than the other, I guess it would be Joe. Of course. You think but, so? But Injury-wise, yes. Yeah. But you're, you're basing it not off of injury, just straight ball. Straight ball and off contract. I think Joe's okay. contract, uh, it gives us a little more flexibility to get a better player back. Because eighteen million dollars is a lot of money. It 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 already matches up with Miles Turner perfectly. We don't have to throw in 
any other salary dumps in there. So I yeah, think, I think I've, Harris, been, I've been hearing about Miles Turner to the Nets, and I, I don't even know if I've heard it from media or just Nets Twitter, but Miles Turner's name has been yeah. out there for a good two years. Yeah, maybe longer, man. He's the ideal. He's the ideal center, man. In a different scenario than than Indiana. Are you not sold on on Miles Turner being our stretch five? No, I, I get it. I get it. And but I feel like I've been hearing Miles Turner's name as long as I've been hearing Dwight Howard to the Nets. And Dwight Howard to the Nets <laughs> has been going on for a decade. So I'm, I I guess, but I can't imagine that we'd get him just for Joe Harris and I guess what Dayron Sharp maybe. And and whatever picks we can offer, I mean, it depends on how desperate the uh, Pacers are because we know that the Lakers want Miles Turner as well. And to me, I don't when I say Miles Turner, I don't mean him specifically. He's just the placeholder for the type of caliber player we could get with Joe Harris's contract. So right, you right, right. Anybody in there? You place Mobamba Mo and some and some role players in there. So it, it's just um, honestly, I just have this fantasy where we have. Ben Simmons surrounded by four shooters. There are center that shoots is not a liability on defense either. And it would just, I think we would just run teams off the court. Now, after yesterday, I know everybody I is, is, is okay with Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons, but I just feel like to really utilize Ben, if we want Ben to be the maximum Ben Simmons, then we got to put a fourth shooter around him. If we just want him to be, you know, a 10 and 8, 8, 12 and 8, 8 guy, which is not a bad Ben Simmons either, and just pray that him and Nick are hitting the free throws, hey, I'm down for it too. I'll watch the games too. But I just feel like if we really want to utilize Ben and not really set him up to be slandered because there's going to be games where he's not aggressive because Nick Claxton and his, and his defender are in, are in the paint too. There's going to be days where Nick can't be – I mean, Ben can't be aggressive as he wants because there's not enough spacing around or Kyrie is throwing up, you know, crazy contested shots because there's no spacing. And we're going to blame Ben. The media is going to blame Ben. And I just don't want a situation where Ben gets ran, ran out of another city because fans are unfairly throwing him under the bus. And you know what? I think people forget how good Ben Simmons was before all this crap with uh, with his shot really took, took off – because there was a point where Philadelphia, the fans themselves, were saying, "We Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid don't work together. Let's ship out Joel Embiid and build around Ben. Because, mm-hmm. of, I mean, I, I, a lot of it had to do with Joel Embiid's injuries. But they were okay with having, building around Ben Simmons because he of was course. that guy. Yeah. So people forget that people were ready to ship out Joel Embiid and try to build around this guy. At least fans were because yeah. he is that good. And... I'm excited for this season. He's probably the player that I'm most excited to watch for obvious reasons, just because I want to see how he runs this team. But I I think he's going to surprise a lot of people with how aggressive and how much better he makes this team. I I do have a question for you real quick. Um, The day we traded for Ben last year, trade deadline, what were your first thoughts? Were you that that excited then, or did you have to really grow into that excitement? No. um, After the Sacramento game with James Harden, where where it was – (laughs) <laughs> it was disgusting how obvious it was that he was just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. I remember I went on and I sent a message to Mike Biseglia. Yeah. And I said, I want Ben Simmons. He would work perfect <laughs> with this team because, one, look, I'm going to tell you what I what I always thought about James Harden. When we first mm-hmm. got him, I hated it. I hated that we got James Harden. I wanted mm-hmm. to keep Karis LeVert and Jared Allen because I thought he was a ball hog. When he got here, obviously – dropping dimes, triple doubles. I was like, okay, I was wrong. Yeah. But once that first 
two months of that honeymoon phase went away, he is one of the worst three-point shooters I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care where he lands in the in the order of awesome. most three-pointers ever made. Yeah. He is by far. When I used to watch him shoot a three, I would get so frustrated because, <laughs> because you knew he was going to miss more often than not. He shot in yeah. the low 30%, but he's such a volume shooter that he makes a lot of them, obviously, because he shoots so many. Yeah. So I was glad to see him go, and I thought that Ben Simmons was the perfect person. For the reason, what did I like about James Harden? I liked that he could distribute the ball to mm-hmm. Kyrie and KD, and Kyrie can play off the ball. Now, what frustrated me about James Harden, that he would take so many goddamn threes. Yeah. But I liked it when he took it to the hole. When he took it to the hole, he was dominating. Christmas Day against the Lakers, was Ooh. it Christmas Day, I believe? He was yeah. taking it to the hole. He was aggressive. That was the James Harden I wanted, but he was relying on the three-point shot too much. So when I thought about it, I said, Ben Simmons running the point, being aggressive – that's exactly what I want James Harden to do. Don't shoot threes. Ben Simmons has no choice. He can't make them, so he doesn't shoot them. <laughs> so he is what I wanted James Harden to be. Be that facilitator because he's great at that. Ben Simmons mm-hmm. can do that. Take it to the rim. He can do that. Now, the difference is James Harden can hit free throws. But he can do that, and he can play defense. So Ben Simmons is exactly what I wanted James Harden to be for us. So I was I was happy. I was I was thrilled, honestly, when we got Ben. Simmons. I love that. Yeah, me, me and you both, brother. I think because um, people say people want to you know judge the trade already prematurely. Oh, the Sixers won. Oh, they got the, the better player. And I I try, I try to instill in people that it wasn't about getting a better player, it's about getting the better fit. Even if mm-hmm. we kept James Harden, we had major major holes in this team that it would have been hard to fix, especially if we're gonna pay pay all three of those players so i think we made out like bandits and if ben simmons can get his confidence back this is going to be a fun season man we i I mean at the time he was 25 we got a 25 year old all-star in exchange for a guy that with an expiring contract that wanted a max deal with that this guy man i I hate to say it because i know he's going to be a hall of famer or whatever yeah but he's trash right now agreed man so I, 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 I'm thrilled that we don't have James Harden. I thought that him requesting a, uh, a trade away was, was honestly, it was the best scenario for us Me because too. right now we might have been forced to give him that money. And if we have to pay that contract, could you imagine two or three years down the line? If he's trash now, could you imagine in two years, three years what he's doing? I hate exactly. him shooting threes now when he's halfway still athletic. When yeah. he loses his complete athleticism, it's going to be a three-point competition with him and whoever else we have on the team at the time because I don't know if Kyrie will still be here. So <laughs> I am 100%. I think we made out, like you said, like bandits, and I think Ben Simmons is going to be the perfect that we wanted, at least that I wanted. That's what I wanted James Harden to be. Yeah, e- e- even before the trade, I-, I was kind of just terrified of the day that we had to pay James. So like yeah. Even before the trades were rumored, I'm like, damn – even before the Kings game, I'm like, damn, I don't want to pay this dude the max. Hell no. Nah. So, yeah, I was happy all, all that stuff happened. Now, back to a point that you were talking about earlier. You said Patty Mills might get or might be the the, the man singled out, right? He, yeah. he might be the get the, the short end of the deal when it comes to minutes. Yep. That would be kind of crazy when you take into account that – I mean, obviously, we don't know if it's going to happen. But if he's the odd man out, to take into account the fact that last year he led the team in minutes, like the difference in rosters and in depth. And also, I mean, obviously, injuries played a large part of that. But the rosters look so different this year. 
as opposed to last year, that Patty might not even get minutes, right? There's somebody's going to be left out, somebody that yeah. we're accustomed to seeing. And I, I think we have a championship roster. Like, I understand that exactly. we're still we're still thin up at five. Yeah. But I think we have that championship roster. Do yeah, you think I, we have a championship roster right now? I do. I think it would be a very bumpy road. But I think at the end of that road, it can be a, a championship one. I tweeted about this yesterday while watching the game. And I said, it's almost like Sean Marks constructed this team for the Bucks. Ever since we lost to them in 2021, we, you know, we had nobody to, to go up against Giannis. Obviously, we were hurt. It might have been a different story with Kyrie out there and a healthy James Harden. But, you know, it seems like he planned for the day we have to see them again. And while it's hard for anyone to stop Giannis, I, like I said earlier, that wall of Nick Claxton and Ben looks like it could be the um, – the hardest road for Giannis to hit through the East to even get to the final. So I think we have a championship roster, but I do think there are going to be some huge bumps in the road, some bad games, some bad free throw shooting games from Ben, maybe from Nick. You know, I just – If uh, Nick hits some of those free throws, you win some of those games against yeah. against the Celtics. Yeah, 100%. But even if we beat the Celtics, you know, it would have been tough to play in the Heat. It would have been even tougher playing the Warriors. So – I, no, man, I, I think I, we would, I think we would have beat the Heat's ass, man. I wanted to play the Heat so bad. I live in Miami, so yeah. obviously I heard it. So I wanted to play them so bad. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I bet you do, but I have to be a realist, man. And having Seth and Patty guarding the opposing wings was tough to watch. I try to stay optimistic. You call me the most optimistic Nets fan on Twitter. Oh, I think yeah, you are by far. That was a tough series to be optimistic about because every time I seen Pat or Seth on JT, I knew it was automatic points. And I just don't want to see that again. And when I say Patty might be the odd man out, I think that's a good thing. I think he has a great personality. He's a great locker room guy. He can motivate everybody. And if we, God forbid, do deal with any any injuries, it's great to have Patty in our back pocket. It's great to have him out there because – he played the most minutes last season, and I think that's a bad thing. I don't think he came to Brooklyn to do that. Right, right. and I think that that's why his shot was off. Because when Agreed. the season started, I was thrilled. I was like, well, Patty Mills is fitting in perfectly. But as the season went on, he was playing heavy minutes, and his legs weren't under him anymore. But I, to your point, I think that's a great point. Having Joe Harris and Seth Curry, they have a history of getting injured. So mm -hmm. who else to fit in seamlessly if one of them go out? Patty Mills. I think that's like the perfect insurance. So yep. That's a great point by you. Patty Mills is the perfect insurance policy for that. Now, Agreed. one thing that has hurt us uh, over the last two years, I'd say, maybe even three, the Nets don't seem to take the regular season very serious. Yeah. That year that we got eliminated by the Bucks, we had a chance to get that first overall seed. We did. But we decided to rest some players towards the end of the season and we ended up with the second seed. We ended up with the Bucks in the second round. And, I mean, the rest is history. <laughs> Last year, obviously, no fault of Kyrie. Kyrie played every game he was available to play. Mm -hmm. KD played his ass off in the beginning of the year, got injured, and things went to hell after that. Do you think they come out and they take the regular season serious this year? Do you think they both play over 65 games? Um, I think Kyrie really – has to in a contract year if he wants to get paid by anybody, you know, whether it be the Nets or somebody else. I think Katie has seen all this shit talk on Twitter and all the other social medias, and he's locked in. 
and it looked like they were taking the preseason seriously last night. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. From from the very first preseason game, I think that's what stood out to me the most. I saw Kyrie diving for a ball. I was like, yeah. dude, this is preseason. Relax. I don't want you to get hurt. But I loved it because it stood out to me. I said, these guys are taking the preseason series. Yep. They're gonna they're gonna kill it in the regular season. But go ahead. Yeah, and um, of course I do. I still see maybe KD resting on some back to backs. You know, Kyrie maybe as well. But I think this Nets team wants to start off fast and strong and go on winning streaks and be be, be able to afford some days off. Because if we're um, you know, twenty and four, I don't think anybody will care if Kyrie wants a game off or game off or two. So if we go, I, I think the and you know, damn, there's whole teams on the hot seat. If we start off slow, then it's Steve Nash's head, and then we're scared if KD might request out, then Kyrie might leave in the offseason. So I think everybody knows what's in stake, even players like Nick Claxton, who, who would be a great trade piece. I'm sure he wants his spot on the team as well. So there's a lot of players who are will be playing, you know, with their life on the line damn near, and I think that's going to make for some amazing basketball. And I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be one of my next questions. How bad of a start do we need to see for Steve Nash to get fired? Now, I'm not saying that I want him fired, okay? That's not not what I'm implying. Mm -hmm. But my fear is that if they get off to a rough start, Steve Nash is not going to have his job very long. Like, how how, How far into the season do you think it goes? Like, if we're like, let's say we are 8 and 12, first 20 games, do you think Steve Nash is in danger of losing his job? I honestly don't, man. Okay. I really don't. I think they'll give him a chance. I, I think everybody on the team has this whole season. I think they're giving him this whole season to figure it out. And it just it would be very tough. I think once we start seeing players publicly shame the coaching or something in, in post-game uh, interviews or something, I think they're just, they're just going to try to um, – weather the storm i i don't know it's because i thought steve would be gone after the getting swept so at this so point I. yeah i have no idea it seems like his job is secure it almost i wouldn't be surprised if we see you know kd gone before we see steve nash because you know apparently uh kd asked for him to be fired they said <laughs> no and now they're back at work together so yeah, yeah i yeah. really don't know who has the shorter end of the stick? I'm 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 not sure who, who uh you know is the top dog at the facility, but I, I just hope we don't get to that point, man. I really do. No, I, I agree. I, and that Celtic series, I also thought he was gone after that because I'm usually not somebody that calls for coaches' jobs. Yeah. But the way he was running out a lineup of Dragic, Kyrie, Patty, uh, who else? Seth, and then KD yeah. at the five. I was like, my. What are you doing? <laughs> like you have Robert Williams, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum out there. These little guys can't guard those guys. It, it was it, it was really rough to watch. At, at that point, I lost my patience with Steve Nash, and um, I was very surprised that he's back. But he is back. I, I disagree with you, though. I think that he goes before KD because I think Josiah understands. You know, we told KD mm-hmm. we're not firing upon his request but if things start going south quick i think you have to let go of steve nash you're not going to trade kd in february at least i don't think you would you still have him for another three years after this one and i I can't see them trading kd away 
at all unless this is a disaster of a year. And at that point, I wanted to get to something that you tweeted today. You mm. said you would go, you're good with the rebuild if this year doesn't go according to plan. I now, did, man. Go ahead, my bad. No, no, it's all good. So, are if Kyrie were to you know sign somewhere else, mm-hmm. KD is there, but KD sees Kyrie go, and then he says, you know what, I might want out. Are you trying to convince him to stay and rebuild around him, or are you finding like you know what, we're gonna trade him away and just rebuild this whole thing? Man, I am trading him away. Just off the strength of, I don't, I, I just hate doing the same thing over and over again. And to have a, a, a another funky offseason like that would just be draining and exhausting. I feel like, and obviously, the rebuild wouldn't be right, right away. We don't have a, a lot of our own picks. Um, the picks we trade KD for would be late first rounders. It would be tough to finagle a quick turnaround. But I feel like, you know, three, four years of, of trying this is, is enough, man. And Katie's not getting any younger. And I know it's, a, it's tough for a lot of people to say, but me personally, I don't have any, you know, emotional attachment to any of these dudes. I just want to watch good basketball. And if Kyrie's gone, I feel like I feel like Kyrie's such an underrated part of this offense and this team. If he's gone, we're, we're, we're better off rebuilding, man. I agree with you to an extent. I don't want to see another rebuild just because of course, me either, man. look, I lived in Miami for the big three era. Mm-hmm. I saw how fun that was when we got our big three with James Harden. I was like, I'm going to celebrate at least one chip <laughs> and to see them leave. And for us to be in a worse place than we were when we first got them, that would be heartbreaking. I, I really hope that we don't end up there. And if we were going to trade away KD, I think, this would have been the offseason to do it. Now, I didn't want it to happen. I agree. I agree. Because his value is just going to keep dropping every passing yep. year because he gets older. So what we were getting offered this year, where we got Jalen Brown, a couple of draft picks, I think maybe Marcus Small was part of that that offer. We're, no way are we getting something like that next year. We yeah. maybe might get Jalen Brown. Maybe. I doubt it. So I I, I just I, I hope that that's not what it gets. But do you think Kyrie's gone? Because Stephen A. came out and said that he's just about sure he's gone. And honestly, it doesn't surprise me because I could definitely see Kyrie going and saying, you know what, I want to go and carry out Kobe's legacy because he loves Kobe. I want to go play with LeBron one more time. I could definitely see this being Kyrie's last year. Yeah, part of me sees, you know, Kyrie and Draymond going to the Lakers next season. And I think that's just going to be crazy to have to to witness. And, it, you know, the, the the second that Kyrie, I think he opted in and then uh, people thought that he, he might sign the Lakers for the MLE. And, you know, then he got real quiet uh, social media wise, you know, he just locked in and started, you know, going, being back with the Nets. Part mm-hmm. of me felt like, he was just putting his head down and going throughout the year so he could get out. And, you know, he's being distraction-free, play as many games as possible because he wants that max contract, whether it be from us or from somewhere else. And if the Lakers can afford it, they're going to give him that max. Like, For why sure. wouldn't you Why wouldn't you utilize uh, LeBron's, you know, prime, last few prime years left with the Lakers and, and get him? So it's just tough. I feel like the only way to stop it is if we sign him sometime this season for the max. I don't know. I don't know. Because part of me feels like that meeting that Katie and Josiah and Sean Marks and uh, 
you know, Josiah's wife had. Part of me feels like there was a there was an agreement that if Kyrie you know ticks off these boxes, we will offer him the max contract, and that everybody will be happy. Because I I still think that was kind of the um, trigger for all of this. Once Katie and Kyrie realized that Kyrie was not getting the the, uh, the max. max with the max with no kind of limitations on that, I think that's when Katie stepped in and said, "Okay, I have all the leverage. I'm going to try to get you that contract." And it didn't get him the contract, but I feel like there was some behind the door agreements which made Katie stay with the net. So I'm interested to see what happens with that because if the the, the longer you wait to sign Kyrie to that max, the more of a chance that he would not be on this team next season, man. I can th- so you don't think that what KD was saying about that 12-game losing streak being the tipping point as to why he wanted to leave, you don't believe that that was it? You think it was the Kyrie contract? I I, I really do. I do think that has something to do with it, 100%. And I'm sure it was a, a, comp- uh, a compilation of a bunch of things. But, you know, Kyrie and KD are a pair, man. They're, they're best friends. And when you... And apparently they're th- thinking about shipping him as well and trading him as well. And that's something you can't do to our star, like a, a star player's best friend. And I think, like I said before, an underrated part of this team. And I felt, I think Katie felt a little disrespected because they decided to come to our team out of nowhere, a team that was, wasn't really, I mean, we were decent. A lot of people like to, you know, uh, fantasize about those d days. But we weren't really. We're never going to win the chip. No, they weren't going to win the chip. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I remember after that season, I was, I wasn't thinking KD or Kyrie. No, I was thinking, get me maybe Jimmy Butler, right? Give me Tobias Harris, and I'm happy. I'm happy, bro. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I mean, we'll see where that goes. KD and Kyrie were nowhere near my radar, and I mean, I'm glad we got them. But that that's not as a Nets fan, that's not what I'm expecting. So now we're here. Tell me, what is your outlook for this season? My outlook for this season is, you know, I just want to be solidified as one of the best teams in the league. I don't want it to be a question mark. I don't want it to be like, oh, when Katie comes back in two months from his injury, we'll be good again. <laughs> I don't yeah, want yeah, to yeah. Be, yeah, I don't want any kind of question marks. I don't want Ben Simmons to take, you know, mental health breaks off because he's not he's not having a good shooting nights. I, I don't want Kyrie to turn into Martin Luther King Jr. and start protesting, you know, <laughs> before the All-Star break. Like, I want people to just hoop. I just want to watch hoop. I'm tired of the, the of the you know, soap operas. I'm tired of the drama. And I understand these are humans going through human experiences, and we all got drama in our lives. But, you know, for those two hours of basketball, two, three hours, I just want to see good hoops, and I want us to have a chance. And I truly, truly, in my veins – but like this team can compete with any team in the NBA, especially with teams like the Warriors and the Celtics imploding as we speak. The Suns as well. I think this is our prime time to take that trophy, man. Don't forget that KD had him and the rookies in the number one seed before he got injured. Yeah. So KD was carrying this team. So KD was the MVP up until that point. I, I can't imagine him. He's coming out determined to prove everybody and shut everybody up this year. Agreed, I keep man. comparing it to the 2007-2008 Lakers. Mm-hmm. Kobe requested that trade, didn't get it, ended up in the NBA Finals the next year. I wouldn't be shocked if that same thing happens. And I think we're going to get the best year out of Kyrie that he's had since he was in Cleveland. He's because looking like good you said, so far. Looking good so far. He's, he knows. He knows this is a contract year for him because people don't trust him. Yep. Nobody trusts him. Something big happens politically or anything, 
my first thought, besides the obvious important parts of the you know news, of is when I come to my sports side, I'm like, Kyrie might sit out. He might not play. <laughs> and I, I right. And so that stuff worries me. So, but I'm not worried about that this year. I feel like no. this year he understands. Like everybody's like, oh, he's not about the money, to an extent. But everybody wants their money. He knows this is his last big contract, so he's gonna he's gonna be on his best behavior. And before we close it out, I need you to tell me what is a successful season? Like, obviously, a first round exit. I don't think anybody thinks is a successful season. Like, how far do we have to go to be like, okay, this wasn't a complete failure? This season, um, more than any other season so far in this 7-11 era, is championship or bust. It's, that's the only thing we should be rooting for. I don't care about a deep playoff run. I don't care about a seven-game series that we lose in, in the finals. I want to win the championship. We've been through so much. Your intro tells the story. <laughs> We've been through so much. A championship would just shut all the critics up. It would give, you know, Ben Simmons that validation he needs. It would show the young guys, Cam Thomas and Dayron, you know, what happens when you stick to the plan and lock in and ignore all the noise. I think it was just this is one of the most deserving teams in a long time that, you know, are going to put up and shut up. And they they deserve a championship. And the fans do as well. But even though they – I mean – Technically, if they win one playoff game in the first round, they're already improving. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go from a sweep to to championship or bust. A hundred percent, man. The Warriors went from playing lost to championship. It's possible. You right. Baby. You right. You right. Yeah. Well, you right. When you right, you right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, oh, I almost forgot to ask two quick questions, and then we'll wrap mm -hmm. it up. Favorite net player of all time. Favorite Nets memory of all time. My favorite net player of all time is Vince Carter uh just you know he's just half man half amazing the things he did he made it look so effortless and my favorite net memory of all time that is a tough one but it would have to be this is for OG Nets fans it would have to be the buzzer beater alley-oop from Jason Kidd to Vince Carter that was one of the craziest like just plays I've ever seen in my life. And I wish that duo uh, played a little bit longer together and, yes. and, and won a championship, honestly. I was there to watch Vince Carter throw it down in Alonzo Mourning. That, that, bro, I should have said that one. That was so crazy because I, I was there for that Vince one. Might have lost it a little bit, but yeah, nope. that, not, not during that dunk, man. That shit was crazy. No, no, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Again, this was Poppy Solo on Twitter. Uh, yes, was it? Go ahead and tell them what, what your uh, podcast name. I've got new you. rivals. I'm Poppy Solo tweets on Twitter. I'm new rival. I have a podcast called New Rivals. It's me and a Philly fan. I'm embarrassing him every week. It might be twice a week <laughs> once the season starts. You know, I, I I just like to have. You know, we're doing new rivals because the Nets and Sixers aren't really rivals, but the way things have set up, we have one of their old players. They have one of ours. It's a new rivalry, and I I, I want to document the fan bases going at it. You know, in in the midst of it all, because the the players started back in amazing. 2018. Yeah, it, it's exactly, and it kind of fizzled a, a, a little bit. But mm -hmm. once that trade happened, it came right back. Yep. And I can't wait till we play them. And the podcast is it's a, a lot of fun to do. We have a TikTok as well, New Rivals Pod on TikTok, where New Rivals Pod on YouTube. Just, just 
Google New Rivals and you will find us. And yeah, I'm, I'm active as shit on Twitter. Poppy Solo tweets. I tweet play by play of every single game because I just love the Nets and I love proving the people wrong. And this year, I feel like we really have what it takes, man. If you're ever feeling down about the Nets and you want an optimistic outlook, go ahead and look them up. Sometimes it's 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 uh it's borderline hyperbolic, but it's it's there. Hey, I gotta do what I gotta do, man, to stay positive, man. I feel you. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys next week on episode number five. Peace.